The Productive Woman, Episode 112. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you once again for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk about how the things we believe affect our productivity. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 112. And let's get right into the topic. So this episode is a continuation of the Mindset Matters theme that started with episode 108 when we talked about attitudes that can help us be more productive. And I'm going to be continuing this Mindset Matters theme in some future episodes. But as we talked about in episode 108, just as our attitudes can be productive or not, similarly, the things we believe can either help or hinder our productivity. Anthony Robbins is quoted as saying, beliefs have the power to create and the power to destroy. Human beings have the awesome ability to take any experience of their lives and create a meaning that disempowers them or one that can literally save their lives. And I just love that quote because there's so much truth in there about the impact that the things we believe, whether things we believe about ourselves, about our world, about our circumstances, those things can either move us forward or hold us back. Now, what is a belief? I love the definition that Brooke Castillo uses. She's the host of the Life Coach School podcast and one of my very favorite podcasts. I highly recommend you check that out if you don't already listen to her. But she says, a belief is just a thought you keep on thinking. And you can check out her episode 35 of her podcast where she talks about how to believe new things. I could just read the transcript from that and make a really great episode out of that, but she's already done it. So I'll put a link in the show notes and you should check that out. But a belief is a thought we keep on thinking. And because as we've talked about before, and as Brooke talks about often in her podcast, we truly can choose what to think about. Remember that whole chain that she talks about that I referred to before, that our thoughts determine how we feel. Our feelings drive our actions, and our actions create the results in our life. And so if a belief is a thought that we just keep on thinking, because we can choose our thoughts, choose what to think about, we can also choose our beliefs. And I want to talk about some beliefs that can help us be more productive, both in the sense of getting more stuff done or the right stuff done, but also just in the sense of making a life that matters. And, you know, these are the, in the order that I thought of them as I was brainstorming and thinking about what I wanted to say here. And so let's just get right into it. Um, The first one, and, and I think this really is so important to really come to believe this if you don't already, and that's I'm in charge of my life and my time. Back in episode 108, one of the attitudes, the productive attitudes we talked about was self-determination. This belief that I'm in charge of my life and my time, that's the belief that flows from and underpins that attitude of self-determination. At its very core, 
It's a belief that we have the freedom to choose how we live our life, what we do with our time. The alternative to this is a victim mentality or a passive approach to life. You know, things just happen to me and I have no control over any of it. And it's very tempting to get into this thinking, this mindset of, oh, you know, my boss makes me do this thing or my clients expect that, or I can't do this because my husband, you know, wants that or because my children or because of where I live or you know, some other circumstance. And the truth, though, is that we always have a choice. And our choices, whether they are made actively or passively, intentionally or completely unthought out, our choices determine what our life is like. Eleanor Roosevelt said, in the long run, we shape our lives and we shape ourselves. The process never ends until we die, and the choices we make are ultimately our own responsibility. That is so important to remember. When we feel tempted to think that the way our days are spent and the way our life is going, is uh, those things are the result of something other people are doing, it's really important to come back to this core belief that I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my time. I'm in charge of of the choices that I make. And it's better to make them actively and intentionally than to just passively go through life looking at external sources to decide what I should do today or, you know, how I should be spending my time. Successful people believe they control their own destiny and they are willing to take action despite their circumstances. I'm not trying to minimize the impact of our circumstances and I'm not trying to say we shouldn't care about the feelings or the thoughts of the other people in our lives. I've been married a very long time to a great man and I care about how he feels. I care about what he thinks when I'm making plans for goals that I want to pursue, how it impacts him is part of my thinking. But at the end of the day, it is my choice. I am the one responsible for my life. He's not responsible for what I achieve. He's not responsible for my happiness. I am responsible for those things. And it's important to come to understand that and believe that I'm the one in charge of my life and my time. And so that's the first productive belief that I'd like to encourage you to to consider. You know, there are things that happen in our lives that we can't control, but the key to being successful, the key to moving forward is focusing on what you can control, what you think about, what you believe, and what you do. No matter who does what in your life, you can control those things, and that makes all the difference. The second productive belief is that there is enough time to do the things that really matter. You know, it's almost an epidemic. It's almost just expected anymore these days to kind of believe, oh, I'm just so busy. There's just not enough time. I can't get everything done. And there's some truth in that. But there is enough time to do the things that really matter. Time is finite, Now, we can fill it up with things that don't matter, or we can clear out the non-essential to make room for what matters most to us. And going back to the first productive belief where I'm in charge of my life and my time, we each get to decide what matters most to us. Don't let other people choose for you. We've talked about that in previous episodes. Take responsibility for your life 
and the choices that create the life that you're living. So we get to decide how we're going to spend that finite 24 hours uh, we have. Every one of us has the same. And it, it doesn't matter if you're Oprah Winfrey or President Obama or, you know, anybody we all have the same 24 hours in a day. We get to decide what to do with those. In order to have the time to, to live out the truth of the fact that there is enough time to do the things that really matter, we need to learn to distinguish between you know, what some writers have called the trivial many versus the vital few. Gary Keller, in his book, The One Thing, that a friend gave to me recently, it's been on my to read list for a long time, but I, I just hadn't bought it because my list is so long. But, but anyway, a friend gave it to me as a gift and I started reading it and it's just so good. It's called The One Thing. I'll put a link in the show notes. And thank you, Alicia. If you hear this, I am loving this book. And one of the things he, uh, Gary says in this book, The One Thing, is it's not that we have too little time to do all the things we need to do. It's that we feel the need to do too many things in the time we have. You know, that's the truth. If we're filling up our time with non-essentials, with trivial matters, with... And again... I'm not going to sit here and tell you what things you're doing are the trivial and which are the vital. That's a decision you have to make. It's all part of living with awareness and intentionality, as we talked about in episode 108. But filling our time with the trivial does crowd out the essential. And if you can get rid of the trivial, there is enough time to do the things that matter most. Gary McEwen in his book, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, another great book that I highly recommend you read. I'm planning to reread it again in December when I take uh, a break from you know that last two weeks from podcasting as, and plan for the coming year. He talks about the concept of less but better and how that is important to really creating a life of significance. And that concept of less but better applies across the board. It applies to clothes. It applies to, you know, pots and pans, to the books we read, to TV shows, to clubs or activities, to the people in our life. It's not about amassing more and more, but winnowing out the things that maybe are, just don't matter as much, are not as high quality, as not as significant, and focusing on the things that matter the most. I get to choose what I say yes to. You get to choose what you say yes to. You have the right and the ability and the authority to say no when opportunities are put in front of you. We've talked about that before. You know, I'm not going to go into depth with it here, but we do have that choice. Now, there are trade-offs for every choice we make. If we say yes to one thing, we're by virtue of the fact that time is finite, we're going to have to say no to other things. And so if we are willing to choose intentionally with focus and with purpose, there will be time to do the things that matter most to us. I really think that the key to a truly productive life is focus, not scope. Find those vital few pursuits, people, activities, 
belongings, whatever, and focus as much as possible on those. Let the trivial many fall away or throw them away on purpose to leave all the time, energy, and attention you're going to need for the things that really matter. So there really is enough time to do the things that matter most. The third productive belief that I encourage you to consider is I don't need anybody else's permission to be who I am or to pursue the goals that matter to me. That's a hard one for us. We are social creatures, and and especially those of us who are women, many of us are very relational, you know, relationship-oriented, and it matters to us a lot what other people think and how other people feel. And, And there's nothing wrong with that. We need the, you know, the other people in our lives are important to us, but we tend to look to others to validate our choices, whether it's the other women in our club or the people we work with or our boss or our husband or our kids. We're looking for the people around us to validate us and confirm that our choices are the right ones and we're hesitant to do anything that people will um, will criticize or, or not approve of. And that will hold us back from being productive in any sense of that word. The way I do these uh, episodes is I get an idea and I kind of brainstorm and take some notes of thoughts that I've had. And once I have it kind of fleshed out, then I go and do some research to find what other people have said about it. And I found this quote in a source that I think is kind of unlikely for me. This was an article on LinkedIn.com called Bruce Lee's Seven Beliefs for a More Productive Life. And I guess I wouldn't have thought of Bruce Lee if you know who he is. He was like the, I don't know, karate guy, actor in movies. Um I, I never really watched any of his movies, but I, don't, I knew who he was. And I, he's not somebody I think of as someone I'd go to for advice on productivity, but okay. So I read this article, and um, one, of the, one quote from the article that I thought was worth sharing is, to find more emotional stability and to take control of how you feel you need to get your validation from, you know, wherever it is, Take it to a more consistent source, yourself. You can replace the expectations and validation of others by setting your own expectations and by validating yourself. And that's where it comes down to. You know, we we can blame our circumstances or blame other people who don't support us and who don't encourage us, but really we're responsible for ourselves. Go back to, you know, number one, I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my time. I'm also in charge of how I feel. It's not somebody else's job to make me feel better or, um, you know, build me up. It's great when they do, but it's not their job. It's my job. And we, even if you have nobody supporting you, you can encourage and and give yourself permission to do the things that you care about. We often hold back from pursuing our goals out of fear of criticism, whether from strangers, which I, I'm guilty of that. And I, every time I think about it, I think, why would I care? I mean, I think about it like if I do something when I'm driving and uh, maybe I, I turn wrong or I do something goofy and somebody gives me a look and I feel embarrassed and then I kind of have to laugh at myself. I'm never going to see those people again. Why should I care what they think about me? But Anyway, we sidetrack there. We we um, 
you know, we worry about criticism, whether it's from strangers or from the people, from the people who know us best, but successful people, people who pursue their dreams and accomplish those goals that they cherish the most, they believe in themselves even when nobody else does. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a great article on the beliefs of successful people that I read that I thought was really encouraging. Um, you know, if you have people in your life who believe in you, who support and encourage you, that's the icing on the cake. I mean, I am so grateful to have a husband who believes in me even when I don't believe in myself. But if you don't have that, you can still support and encourage yourself and give yourself permission to pursue those things that matter. Another article called How to Believe in Yourself Even If No One Else Believes in You, I encourage you to read that link in the show notes for that. But um, just briefly, that article suggests to align your behavior with your values, align your choices with your intentions, discover other sources of support. If the people in your household maybe don't support what you're wanting to do, find other, other sources of support. Tell yourself you can do it. Always do your best and celebrate your accomplishments. Again, she goes into more depth in the article, but well worth reading. That is productive belief number three. I don't need anybody else's permission to be who I am or to pursue the goals that matter to me. Number four is, this is, I think, so important and so hard for us, many of us to get through our heads. Time for myself is necessary and good. Um, you know, we, we, a lot of us, and I, I know this because I hear from you that you're like me in this, that you, you always want to do for other people and you will wear yourself out taking care of other people and, and supporting the people that you care about and feel guilty when you take time for yourself. We need to learn to believe that it is both necessary and a good thing for us to take time for ourselves on two levels. We need time to rest and restore. Um, you know, it's it's important to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, in order to be able to contribute at our best to the to the world around us. But also, we need time. Uh, to ourselves, that is time maybe away from the demands of other people to think and time to focus. Uh, there was an article I read about uh, limiting beliefs that kill productivity. Limiting beliefs are beliefs you have usually about yourself, but maybe about your circumstances that hold you back. That's what a limiting belief is. And this article, and again, there'll be a link in the show notes, listed as its very first limiting belief, the belief that we must always be available. And in this article, they're talking about checking our email all the time and, you know, responding the minute you get it. But it applies elsewhere. Uh, last week in episode 111 about time thieves, we talked about the idea of turning off social media, turning off our phone, and sort of carving out time a way where we're not accessible to give ourselves time to be quiet and focused and do that deep work that Cal Newport talks about. So it's important to learn to believe that time for myself is necessary and is a good thing. The fifth productive belief is that failure is not fatal. It's just evidence that I tried. 
Um, and this is a hard one for me. I just had a conversation this morning with some people about this, that how many times over the course of my life I have missed out on opportunities because I didn't want to fail, especially where somebody, people might see me fail. And I've, I've lost a lot of opportunities for joy and achievement and fun because of this, because I'm so, have been so afraid of failing. I almost didn't launch this podcast for that reason. I didn't know if I could do it and I was afraid to fail. But I have come to believe, and I still struggle with this. Don't get me wrong. I still uh, have lots of struggles with not wanting to embarrass myself or just not wanting to fail. But failure isn't fatal. It's just evidence that I tried. One writer said in an Inc.com article that I'll link to, putting yourself out there and falling flat on your face over and over and over is how insanely productive people learn. And I thought that's good. I mean, you know, that's how we learn by trying, being willing to fail. And um, Brooke Castillo has a a great podcast episode about that. I can't remember the number right now. I just happened to think of that. Uh, I'll try and remember and put the link in the show notes. But I also read an article um, called Eight Ways to Believe in Yourself When Nobody Else Does. And that writer encourages us when we fall on our face, when we mess up, when we fail. Uh, he said, "He says, I think it was a he, you must remember that this does not make you a failure personally. You're only experiencing a temporary setback. If you give up at the first sign of adversity, all that you've worked for will be in vain. He goes on to say, failure is only an indication that your current actions were not optimal to produce your desired result. Simply reevaluate, now I'm paraphrasing, but reevaluate, tweak your approach, and try again. Every setback, and now I'm quoting again, every setback and mistake contains a lesson and opportunity by which we may rise to higher levels of understanding. And that's, that is a belief that if we can capture that, if we can really uh, internalize that belief, the sky's the limit. Nothing great has ever been achieved without failure on the way. And I'm not going to, you know, recite the long list of people who, you know, books that became bestsellers after having been rejected dozens and dozens of times or the many times, you know, Orville, the the Wright brothers um, failed before they were finally able to get a plane off the ground. But that's just the truth. And if we can learn that it's okay, that it doesn't, that failure at an attempt doesn't mean we as human beings are failures, then we can learn those lessons and move forward and become better people. And failure is not final. It's neither fatal nor final. We have never really failed until we give up. And I'm trying to learn that lesson, to be willing to put myself out there, fall on my face, even when people are looking and not die of embarrassment, but learn the lesson and move on. The sixth productive belief that I wanted to talk about is that what I do matters, but I am not what I do. And I've talked about this on previous episodes. We tend to uh, identify ourselves by the things we do, whether good or bad, whether it's our career or just the the number of things on that we check off our to-do list or whatever. 
it's a real tendency, a real temptation to identify ourselves by that, by what we do. I am a lawyer. Well, I'm not a lawyer. I'm a woman who practices law. And my identity shouldn't be in the fact that I you know, went to law school and now I practice law. My identity should not be in, well, I get all this stuff done and that shows that I'm worthwhile. If we believe our worth is measured by what we accomplish, we will spend ourselves, wear ourselves out, trying to do more and more to earn a sense of self-worth. And, and we'll never get there. What we do matters. If we're, you know, if we're making contributions in the world, those things matter, but they are not who we are. We are not what we do. Our worth doesn't come from what we accomplish, whether it's stuff checked off or awards earned or money or any of those things. Those are not who we are. We have worth simply because we exist. You know, here in the United States in particular, you know, there's this tendency to spend most of our time working, you know, earning money to pay for a lifestyle that we have no time to enjoy because we're working all the time. Maya Angelou, a very wise woman, once said, I've learned that making a living is not the same thing as making a life. And sadly, it's taken me a long time to get to the place where I, I realize that. Judging ourselves by what we do or what we accomplish is unhealthy. It creates an unsustainable, unreachable focus on always doing more or always doing it right. And there was an article I read. I just thought this was so important, an article called Who We Are, What We Do, and the Space Between. One of the things they said in this article is, when it comes to our sense of self, an important consideration is this notion of core character versus behavior, because it is this that allows us to make the distinction between doing something abjectly wrong and making a mistake. If we can't hold space for our own human frailty, vulnerability, and the notion that we are not perfect, then we can become trapped within a prison of our own self-judgment, something that can ultimately be very destructive because it is a self-condemnation to which our larger sense of self can easily fall prey. Do you get that? That if we believe our worth is measured by what we do, then when we fail, when we do wrong, when we make a mistake, we come to believe we have no worth. And that's simply not true. Our worth comes from the very fact that we exist. If you're a person of faith, you know, your worth comes from the fact that there is a creator who created you on purpose and, and sees value in you. It's not what we do that matters. It's who we are. So when we set a goal and don't achieve it, that's not a reason to beat up on ourselves. It is a reason to ask questions and learn to improve our aim and our reach. And the best question maybe is why? Why didn't I achieve that goal? Is it the wrong goal for me at this time? Is, is it a goal that I set because I thought I should, not because I really cared about it and therefore I didn't give it my best? You know, those questions are worth asking, but the fact that you set a goal and didn't achieve it is not a reflection on you as a human being or your worth and value. So be kind to yourself. Allow yourself time and space just to be 
rather than always feeling like you have to do. Following up on that, the seventh productive belief that I wanted to talk about is the belief that done is better than perfect. Um, We talked in episode 111 about perfectionism as a time thief and how it leads to procrastination. And it's often a symptom of fear, fear of mistakes, fear of judgment, fear of failure, you know, just fear. We need to believe and continually tell ourselves that it's more important to start than to wait until we can get it perfect, that what we contribute has value even if it's not perfect. On one of our mastermind calls this week, we were talking about a a job search, and one of the women very wisely said something to the effect that the perfect resume sitting on your desk will not get you a job. Uh, whereas maybe slightly less than perfect one put out there in the world may well get you the job you're looking for. So it's it's okay to just get started. It's not only okay, it's necessary to, it's important to get started and do the best you can for now, get it out there and improve as you go along. There's a, an article on the Todoist blog that I thought was really good and I'll link to this. But one of the things that they talked about in this article uh, is is that we should approach problems with an iterative mindset. What that means is uh, be willing to start with you know what they call the the minimum viable product, and that's a software concept or a concept that kind of came out of uh, software development that you uh, get something that works. Put it out there, let people try it and and iterate or improve it as you go along. And that's a great way to think about our lives, that it's better to, to do something, you know, whatever you can for now, get it out there and improve as you go along. That's how I've done this podcast. It's the only way that I was able to get started uh, was to just do what I was capable of at the time with the commitment to improve as I go along. Uh, you know, as part of this belief that done is better than perfect uh, is the sort of correlated belief that anything worth doing is worth doing now. To me, that's a real important concept. It's real easy to wait, to tell yourself you're going to wait until you have more information, more skill, more whatever, uh, and then never get it done. So it's better, I guess, to just get started, improve as you go along. Anything worth doing is worth doing now, and we'll do better next time kind of thing. And the last productive belief that I wanted to talk about is this. My past does not define my present or my future. As we talked about in episode 111, regret over past mistakes can paralyze us and keep us from moving forward in any way toward meaningful goals. Uh, It's easy for some of us to believe we have messed up so badly that we simply have lost the right to pursue a life that matters. And that's not true. We can get hung up in our past and the the things we've done wrong or the things that have happened to us, whatever, and, and think that that is the defining piece of who we are, that we can't escape our past. Again, not true. The past is past. We can learn the lessons from it and move forward. You know, I, I, in my past, I have made some terrible errors in judgment and I've done some things that I am deeply sorry for 
And at one time, I remember feeling that what I had done disqualified me from doing anything meaningful or making any kind of meaningful contribution to the world. But as a person of faith, I at the time took comfort and continue to take comfort in the Bible verse um, in Philippians where Paul, a man who had done terrible things um, but had been forgiven, he said, and this is kind of a, a mantra for me, that I try to keep in mind. He said, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Even the most terrible pasts can be redeemed. There is a great quote from the article that I mentioned earlier, Eight Ways to Believe in Yourself When Nobody Else Does, where the writer says, the past is over and done with. Though the experiences we have gone through have deeply affected every aspect of our lives, whether for better or worse, our pasts have shaped our personalities, our self-worth, and they influence the choices and decisions we make. But the most important thing for us to realize is this, the past has no control over our lives except the control we allow it to have. It is not a life sentence that we must carry out. The writer goes on to say, once we become aware of this fact and take full responsibility for our own lives, we become the true creators of our own tomorrow. The past may have made you who you are today, but it's up to you whether you stay that way or not. I just love that. Learn from your past and let it go. Take the lessons from the things that have happened to you, from the things that you have done that maybe you're not proud of, the mistakes that you've made. Learn those lessons and then let the past stay where it belongs and turn your eye toward what's to come and create the future that you want by the choices you make today. So in general, those are the, the, the eight productive beliefs that I wanted to share with you. I'd love to hear if you have others that you can share, and I'll talk in a minute about how you can share those with me and with us as a community. A, a few thoughts for moving forward. First of all, be aware of your beliefs and how they're affecting your actions. Second, question your beliefs. Are the things you believe, whether about yourself, about your abilities, about time, about your circumstances, are they serving you? Are they energizing you and motivating you? Are they helping you move in the direction of the life you want? Are the things you believe helping you set goals that excite you and helping you achieve them? If not, take your beliefs through a process of analysis Think about them and think about the impact that they have on you. Consider using the questions developed by coach and thinker Byron Katie, what she calls the work. And I'll share a link. You find this at her website, thework.com. I'll share a link in the show notes. Keeping in mind what we talked about at the beginning, that a belief is a thought you keep on thinking, take that belief and look at it and ask yourself, is it true? Second question is, can you absolutely know it's true? For instance, can you prove it's true in a court of law? The third question is, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought, when you believe that belief? You know, what, what is the outcome of that belief in your life? Say you believe, oh, I don't know, I can't get organized. Is that true? 
Can you absolutely know it's true? How do you act? What happens in your life when you believe that about yourself? And here's the great question to ask. Uh, the fourth question that Byron Katie puts you know, as part of the work. Who would you be without that thought? Who would you be, in this case, without that belief? If you didn't believe that you can't get organized, that you're just a disorganized person, that's just you know one example, who would you be without that belief? Something to think about. Uh, it's really worth going through that process and then choose intentionally to believe things that move you forward. So what do you think? Um, what beliefs help you be productive, both in the sense of getting things done and also in the sense of making a life that matters? I would love to hear your thoughts and your feedback, your ideas, and, and what works for you in response to the things we've talked about on this episode. As always, there are a number of ways you can share your feedback. You can do so in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you find at theproductivewoman.com slash 112. Or you can post a comment or a question either on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or I'd love it in the community Facebook group so we can all weigh in and, and respond. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I love to hear from you. If it's something you would like me to share in a future episode, you can share those thoughts by leaving a voice message either on the website or the Facebook page. There's a button you can click right there on your computer or your phone and, and record a little blurb, you know, your comments. If you do that, you know, say your name, either just your first name or you can include your last name if you don't mind that being shared in an episode. If you have a website, you know, it could be like, hi, this is Laura McClellan from theproductivewoman.com and I wanted to say this about episode 112 kind of thing. Keep it to a couple minutes or less and um, I'd love to include that in future episodes. If you haven't already done so, I mentioned the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. I'd love it if you join us there. This is a private group where only listeners of the Productive Woman are invited into that group, and we can meet up and interact more. I'm loving the conversations there. Women are coming in with questions that other women in the community are sharing thoughts and giving ideas. People are sharing articles that they've seen. It's just awesome to see the information, the insights, the encouragement that's being shared there. You can find the group on Facebook and click the join button, or there'll be a link in the show notes for this episode, and I'd love to see you there. If you found this episode helpful, if you like the podcast, help me spread the word about it. I want to get our message out to as many women as I can, so there are a lot of ways you can help spread the word. Most effective is tell a friend. If you've got a friend who you think would be interested in this, tell her how to find it, take her to the website or show her in iTunes how to subscribe. You can share any episode that you like by using the social sharing buttons that you'll find in the show notes. So click on a button and share that episode to your own Facebook profile or on Twitter or however you like to communicate on social media. And if you haven't already done so, I'd love it if you'd consider leaving a review in iTunes or on Stitcher, and there are links for that in the show notes as well. I want to say a special thank you to Kesha. I hope I'm saying that right. Kesha Moore. Uh, she's from yourlifeinfocuscoach.com. She sent an email in 
follow-up to episode 109, the emergency stress protocol. And I wanted to share this because I thought this was so worthwhile. In addition to the things we talked about in this episode, Kesha said, one of the techniques that I use in addition to the physical relaxation strategies you described is to write a list of three to five things I'm grateful for. I found that this helps to relax my mind, release my stress, and unblock my creativity. There's also a lot of research to support the positive impact of practicing gratitude on our physical and emotional well-being. And that is so true. And what a great suggestion. I'm a big fan of gratitude and uh, add that to the emergency stress protocol. I'm going to use that next time myself. So thank you very much for that feedback, Kesha. I really appreciated that. Last little note, if you're looking for encouragement, motivation, or accountability in achieving your goals and moving forward in a life that matters in 2017, consider joining the next sessions of the Productive Woman Mastermind Groups. The fall groups are underway, and I'm just really excited to see the progress being made and the relationships being formed as these women encourage each other and hold each other accountable. We'll be starting new groups in January of 2017 after the first of the year, and I plan to have those groups pretty much put together by the beginning of December because I won't be doing a lot of extra stuff in December as I spend time planning and with my family. So if you're interested, now's the time to apply and to get on the list to be part of the groups, this would be a great way to start out the new year on a really strong note with a group of like-minded women who will encourage you and hold you accountable as you start off the year strong. Spaces are very limited. I keep these groups very small so that we can get to know each other well. Visit the work with me page on the website. You can go to theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind. You'll find more information about these paid mastermind groups and a link there to a short online application. Once I receive your application, I'll be in touch with more details and we can talk about the options for after the first of the year. If you have questions, you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I'd love to work with you and have you part of a group in the coming year. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you found it helpful. I'd love your feedback. Really reach out either on the Facebook group or show notes or wherever. Let me know your thoughts of what beliefs help you be productive. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.